Next on ReachMD, Voices from American Medicine, featuring perspectives, challenges, and triumphs from medical professionals on the front lines of healthcare. Now here's the host of Voices from American Medicine, Frank Russomano. Today we're discussing Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, and I'm here with Rondell Domalici from the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Rondell, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us. Well, thrilled to be here. appreciate you having here. Can you tell our audience a little bit about CCFA? Oh, absolutely. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation was founded in 1967. I have to tell a little of the backstory because it's just such an awesome story. It was actually founded by two families and a gastroenterologist who all kind of met each other because they had family members who were suffering from these diseases, met sort of in their hospital journey and realized together that there was really just nothing being done in this field and decided that someone needed to do something and they were going to be the people to do it. So kicked off in a very grassroots way. They sat around their dining room table in Brooklyn and that's how CCFA started. And now we're a 41 chapter national organization that is geared to raise $30 million for research this year. Wow, that's a great story. Yeah. Can you tell our audience a sense of magnitude for ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease? Absolutely. So our latest estimates, and this was just increased recently, is that there's 1.6 million Americans, so just in this country alone, who suffer from Crohn's and colitis. That breaks out to about one in every 200, so it's clearly a very prevalent disease. One of the most disturbing facts is the highest newly diagnosed population is children under the age of 18, which nobody wants to hear. Oh, that's it. That, that, so is there any sense of the reason for that trend? You know, uh, I, I think part of it could be that we're, due to advances we're making, we're getting better at diagnosing. So that has a little bit of a positive spin to it, but I, I also think it is just becoming more and more prevalent. There have been doctors who have actually termed Crohn's and colitis epidemics. Right. So we're here in New York where your headquarters is, and, yes. and uh, this is a special week for CCFA. It is. This is our National Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week, so December 1st through 7th. We always celebrate the work that we're doing, but more importantly, we work very hard to spread awareness, increase education about Crohn's and colitis and hopefully reach as many patients and medical professionals as we can to let them know about the great resources that CCFA has. That's great stuff. And, and as you know, our audience on ReachMD is primarily healthcare professionals. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the healthcare profession and some of the activities that, that are happening. At Absolutely. CCFA. It's a very timely time for that question, actually, because CCFA has a, uh, a, a very well-established annual medical professional conference called Advances in Inflammatory Bowel Disease, mm -hmm. which takes takes place every year. So that has really become one of the preeminent conferences on this topic. Mm -hmm. And it has grown and grown and grown. It now includes various tracks. So not just for GI professionals, but there is actually a nursing track. There is a, a young scientist researcher track for fellows and medical students. And it is a wonderful gathering and reporting out of what's happening in the field. So we're really excited that that annual event is coming up. And all throughout the year, there are so many ways that medical professionals can get involved. You know, just thinking about Awareness Week, the most of which is to just make sure their patients know that there are wonderful free resources available to them through Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. That's great stuff. And, you know, with the prevalence of the, of the diseases, is diagnosis an issue now for mm -hmm. healthcare professionals? Yes. Unfortunately, they're not very easy illnesses always to diagnose. Symptoms can vary greatly from patient to patient. Sometimes the first patient a symptom experiences is really non-related to their intestinal tract. They may have joint pain, 
skin issues, eye issues, failure to grow. Mm -hmm. So it's not always so obvious that it really is emanating from the digestive tract and inflammation that's happening there. So they can be challenging illnesses to diagnose with the advances that we've made. It's much better. And I think people are being diagnosed more quickly. One of the um, wonderful new programs that CCFA is funding is called Quality of Care, which we hope will very quickly advance this area. And it's basically a way for all medical professionals to have kind of a, a checklist. If you suspect you have a patient, whether you're a primary care physician, a PA, a GI, whoever you are, that there's really kind of a step-by-step -step guide as to what to do to confirm a diagnosis. And then what the things are that you need to pay attention to if you do have a patient with Crohn's or colitis ongoing. Right. That's, that's really great stuff. If you're just joining us, I'm with Rondell Domalici from the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and this is Voices from American Medicine. Rondell, I'd like to switch gears a little bit sure. and talk about the good work the CCFA has done in the area of research. I have a family member. My son is, uh, has Crohn's disease, and I've learned a lot about all the fantastic research that's coming out specific to Crohn's disease and the good work, and we're, we're actually using the, the C word, cure. Yes. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about CCFA's role in that? I would love to. We're very, very proud of the research advances that have been done and in a relatively short amount of time when you think about how long research typically takes in any disease field. Um, CCFA funds a general research uh, program that funds about, it's usually about 250 research grants per year. And what's exciting about that program is it funds scientists and researchers at all levels of their career. So clearly we have senior research grants for more advanced researchers that are more money, three-year grants as opposed to one-year grants, and really furthers the work that they have already been doing for a number of years. But we also have research grants for medical students and fellows with the idea being that, number one, sometimes they have really great ideas that people who have been in the field for so long haven't really thought about. But number two, and probably more important, is it increases their interest to stay in that field. So by doing these younger research grants, we hope that more and more young researchers will really get the spark and want to study IBD for the rest of their careers. So in addition to those research grants, we also have a number of very large, multi-million dollar, multi-institutional collaborative research projects based on specific topics that CCFA and their medical professional volunteer committee has deemed as probably the quickest ways for us to find that cure that we're reaching for. So we have a large project on microbiome. We have a very large project on genetics. And we also have a large collaborative project on pediatric initiatives following children literally from the diagnosis through their course journey, hoping that we can, and we're actually getting very close to this, find markers and algorithms so that at the time of diagnosis, we'll be able to tell right off the bat if this child is going to have a more mild, moderate, or severe disease journey, which will directly affect how you treat that person from the time of diagnosis. That's, that's interesting stuff. You know, as um, uh, all of us are, are uh, do our best to contribute to 
charities along the way. And one of the things I've learned about CCFA is uh, an incredible efficiency with donors' funds. So for me, it's personal. But for all of us who try to uh, share our resources with organizations like yours, can you talk about that efficiency a little bit? And thank you for bringing that up. It's another thing that we're really proud of. Um, In our our last uh, budget year, we actually showed uh, 83 cents of every dollar raised is going directly to mission services. So that's a very low overhead, something we're very proud of keeping to. Um, And um, things like that are recognized by Charity Watchdogs. So for the fourth year in a row, we received a four-star rating from Charity Navigator, which is their highest score for charities as far as transparency and how they spend their donor dollars. There's only 7% of charities that can actually make that claim. So we're very proud to be in that top echelon. That's great. Well, congratulations, and we know, we know we all appreciate the work that you're doing. You've had a change of leadership recently? We have, yes. We have a brand new CEO and president. His name is Michael Oso, and we're thrilled to have him taking over the leadership reins, coming in with some new visions. And one of the things that I've been sharing with people, he kind of came up with very recently a five-point vision, but one of the ones that you know just personally excites me the most is making sure that really everything CCFA does is patient centric. We're doing that already, but we really want to put an increased focus on making sure the patients are part of everything we do, whether that means having a say in what new education topics we are rolling out to across the country through local chapters, or whether it means having a say in in our research agenda. We really want everything to have their say and their input and make sure that we are always keeping the patients at front of mind in everything we do. That's great stuff. So, Rondell, what can our listeners do to help? Oh, I love that question, Frank. There's so much you can do. You know, CCFA is really a a volunteer-driven organization, so we can't do any of the great work we do without the support of many, many, many volunteer individuals helping us to get there. So whether that means volunteering your time or your skills with one of your local chapters or volunteering resources through one of our many really fun fundraising programs that we do all throughout the country, some examples of that, we have a national Take Steps Walk program. So every chapter across the country participates in multiple walks throughout their local area. And those are wonderful opportunities, especially for newly diagnosed patients, to really take a first step to getting involved, meeting other people in the IBD community so they feel like they're not Mm -hmm. so alone, and helping to give back a little. That's great. Uh, well, congratulations on lots of success. I, you know, I, my family uses the resources of the website. It's great stuff, and I encourage all of our listeners to go to ccfa.org. Yes. Rondell, thank you for joining us, and uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me, and happy Awareness Week. <laughs> You're listening to Voices from American Medicine on ReachMD. For this and much more, please go to ReachMD.com. You've been listening to Voices from American Medicine, featuring perspectives, challenges, and triumphs from medical professionals on the front lines of healthcare. Voices from American Medicine is hosted by Frank Russomano. And to access this program and others in the series, please visit us at reachmd.com forward slash voices.